0: In the books, we're getting ready for week three. San Pellegrino is still there. All right, so as mentioned, Thursday night football is in the books. Our two favorite teams were playing each other. Miami went into Jacksonville, and Jacksonville did not show up. Yeah, that was utterly mm-hmm. embarrassing. And that was pretty rough. I didn't even catch the whole game, but I got there. It was uh, I want to say twenty-one to seven. And the first thing I saw was Minchu getting sacked and fumbling. Miami scored right after I know you went into detail about it on your uh your own podcast did you want to recap here on this one or yeah I mean think? for anybody who wants to just
1: recap you can go on my uh YouTube channel uh Jaguar King podcast and you could find the recap there but I'll talk about it a little bit I just think that Todd Wash, the defensive coordinator needs to get canned like immediately um they I don't even know where to start they came out really sluggish, like they had. They fucking carbo loaded before the game, and, and uh, <laughs> it was just awful. <clears throat> um, to start the game, like a lot of people are talking about, because Jacksonville's strength right now is their offense, and they're like they they keep starting slow. They keep starting every single game down fourteen to zero, and everyone's saying oh Doug Marone should kick the ball or receive the ball not kick the ball because he keeps deferring to start with the defense to get that you know I, I agree with that just because you you could do that double dip right you could score at the two minute warning and then you get the ball back so I agree with that philosophy but everyone's saying for they should receive it so they can get they should start up seven to zero versus down seven to zero but like I said like in my podcast I was talking about it doesn't matter. Like, the defense is atrocious. The defense is absolutely brutal. I get it. They run their scheme, and that's usually cover three or cover four. And with a mix of blitzes, sometimes cover two, but rarely cover two. It's usually cover three or cover four. That's, like, who they have. That's the principles. But at some point, you have to realize it's not fucking working. Like, in 2017, they had a pass rush. So that when that pass rush gets there, they have the deep stuff taken because, um, you know, that's how their defense is set up. And they have to dump it off, and they come and rally down, and they make the tackle to that running back or the tight end, whoever dumps it off. And now you don't have a pass rush. So teams can literally, like it is what they've been doing, like that tight touchdown to Mike Jacecki, uh, they just ran a cover three-beater. Ryan Fitzpatrick stared it down. He had all day to throw, and he had no worries about making that throw. C.J. Henderson didn't get his head turned around fast enough. He's a rookie. If he gets his head turned around, maybe he makes that play. But that's a good play by C.J. Henderson. That's not a good defensive play call because you're they're constantly being put in that same position. They just run cover three beaters, and if, for whatever reason, if everything is taken away on the deep side, they throw it to the running back who gets seven or eight yards without an issue because there's no one there to even tackle him. So the defensive scheme, philosophy, it just has to change. Whether it's with the same coordinator or not, whether Todd Walsh keeps his job or not, it seems like he's not going to lose his job if he didn't lose it already. It's just not working. Why not just blitz? Just fucking do the Madden and 8. Because they're, they're, fucking, they're getting <laughs> 15, 17, 18-yard chunks at will. So if they're doing that at will and you're playing in your base defense, who the hell gives a shit? What's the difference? They're going to pick up 18 yards, 20 yards regardless. So why not blitz to try to force something, get in someone's face?
0: Yeah, I I definitely agree. What I saw was Jacksonville always ran a four-man rush and couldn't do anything. And I'm like, why are they not sending an extra person? Especially, like you said, they're they're dropping back in coverage and Miami's still completing it. If you're not getting pressure on the quarterback, then – your coverage doesn't matter. Eventually the quarterback's going to find somebody open. And that's pretty much what Ryan Fitzpatrick did. Or if he didn't find anybody open, he just ran. This guy's 30 years, 38 years old, running like he just came out of college against this Jacksonville defense. So porous. I mean,
1: Yeah, and that's another thing too. It it's rough, like you man. have to like Okay, he's been in the league forever. You have to under, have an understanding of who Ryan Fitzpatrick is coming to the game. And they played it like they had no idea who he was. Like, he's a gunslinger. He's going to go out there. and He's going to make throws that most quarterbacks are not going to make. He's going to test your defense that way because he has nothing to lose. Dude is 37 years old. Got his chest hair all hanging out. He doesn't give a shit. He knows he's the starter until Tua. He's like, dude, I'm going to play every game. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, what does it really matter for him? If you watch some of their rushes, They would come in and then they would uh, lose contain and come and try to blitz up the middle and he would just run right outside like, like it was I don't know like it was nothing and it's like at at some point it's like okay that that's consistently happening during the game, so it's one or two things it's happening and coach, you know Todd Wash is not saying hey don't fucking do this and they're not listening or it's happening and Todd Wash doesn't know what the does that even happen like I don't if he's not making adjustments. But it's like, it's the same stuff over and over again. Like, you can literally, every single time you watch a Jaguars game, you can literally see what the what the offense is going to do. And it just happens. And they just move on. They just walk up and down the field. The first two games, the offense clicked. And they are able to put up 30 points and be competitive with two AFC contenders. But when your offense doesn't click, when you're losing a star receiver, you're going to need your defense to make plays. But at no point, even, even if... Minshew comes back and ties that game up, Ryan Fitzpatrick is just going to walk down the fucking field again.
0: I mean, it almost seems like a, the game seems like a microcosm of Jacksonville over the last few years where something worked at the beginning, but it's, if you fail to make an adjustment, it's not going to work later on. And that's kind of what happened when they had a great defensive line back in 2017 is it worked because that defensive line was able to generate pressure without having to bring in extra rushers. That way, the people dropping into coverage had an easier job. But things have changed. You don't have the defense alignment that you had back then, so you can't just run that same defense that you did back
1: then. Yeah, and, and, and if you do want to run the same defense, then you have to go get the players available to do that. For instance, Seattle, they're having safety trouble. They traded for a perfect safety to fit their scheme to play that Cam Chancellor role. On the on the opposite uh, spectrum, on the offensive side, it seems like what Jay Gruden likes to do is find the, the strength or the weakness of the defense and attack that, you know, defense. Versus what Todd Wash likes to do is like, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is the scheme we're going to play. And it doesn't seem like they really scheme up to stop the opposing offenses because the philosophy behind that Seattle defense is like, you know what we're going to do, this is what we play, come and beat us. It works when you have the personnel to do that. If you don't have the personnel to do that, they're going to kick the shit out of you jacksonville has some pieces like okay they have orange sherbert and miles jack at the linebacker spot you could say they're at least starting caliber on the defense end you could say josh allen is good uh they got chase on who they drafted as a first rounder on the outside they have cj henderson who could potentially be good but outside of that everyone's a quality starter but they're not like oh like really good i don't know and it's just frustrating to watch. You're, you're just like every every single third, like first and second down, they'll stop the run. It'll be third and ten. And I'm just like, okay, like it doesn't even matter because they're going to get the third down. Like they're going to get – if they don't get it, they're going to get nine yards and they'll just go for it on fourth down and just go for get it on fourth and one. And it's just incredibly frustrating. And it's like at some point you have to just look at your defense. You have to look at what you're doing. Like you're giving up a shit ton of points, and it's not like, like for instance, if these offenses didn't let up, they would be blown out. They would be absolutely blown out. But if you saw that game yesterday, Miami's up 21 to seven in the first half, and like the first 10 minutes, it almost felt like, you know. So it's like, okay, Miami, like all Miami has to do now is like let's control the clock, let's do nothing stupid until, for instance, if we need to step up and score points or something. It's just unreal that no sort of adjustments is being made. And I honestly think that if the defenses didn't let up in the second half, like of that Miami game, if Fitzpatrick wasn't like that one sack that he, um, gave to Allen, Josh Allen got. Yeah. 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 Like he clearly could have done more. He clearly could have tried to, I don't know, throw the ball, throw the, even throw the ball away to not lose yards. But he was like, let me just hold on to the ball. So we get the fuck out of here.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, Miami kind of just parked it in the second half. Uh, I don't know the stats offhand, but yeah, you can definitely see like Fitzpatrick was having like a monster game in the first half and then just let off in the second half and let their non-existing run just kind of run out the clock.
1: Yeah, and and a lot of people are blaming Minshew and the offense, and they do have their fair share of blame. They did not play good at all, and they missed DJ Shark. What it looked like was, to me, Gardner Minshew was pressing. It looked like, oh, I'm down 7-0 in the first Two minutes of this goddamn game, like I have to go out and score because if I don't score, I'm gonna be down 14 to zero, and that's exactly what happened. So now I'm down 14 to zero. I gotta try to make plays fast. What am I gonna do? I'm gonna hold on to the ball to try to throw it to these deep guys. So it looked like he was overlooking his
0: um, underneath, overlooking
1: routes. his underneath routes and his checkdowns that could keep the drives going to try to hit those big plays. And in all honesty, Brian Flores adjusted to that. Josh Allen killed them. That week two game, with all the same exact fucking play, he was just running deep crosses. They had no pressure, so Allen had all day to throw. Jacksonville tried that, seemingly, it looked like, but it wasn't working. The line couldn't hold, or the receivers couldn't get separation. So, And he adjusted to that. He played a lot less man. He played more zone. He played more off coverage and gave them the checkdowns. So that's also a coaching thing, too. If it's, If your game plan going in was not working, then you have to adjust. Like, okay, they clearly adjusted to what we're trying to do. How else can we beat them? Maybe they tried and nothing else was clicking, but it just looked like Minshew was just trying his hardest to score a ton of points fast right? versus like let me play the game you know, as it goes.
0: Yeah, I think he was almost trying to make things happen. Like you said, he was pressing. He was trying to make things happen so that he can keep up with whatever the defense was allowing Miami to do. And that's, I mean, that causes mistakes. He almost had it picked off the one time he threw it into like five man coverage on Chano on a third yeah. down. I think it was. Uh, he threw it into double coverage to Chano earlier in the game, and somehow caught he caught that one. But yeah, you can tell when a quarterback's almost trying to make things happen rather than, you know, I, I don't even want to say take what's open underneath because when you're down fourteen, you can't just be like. Oh, you know, let me, you know, take whatever you gotta. You're you're two scores behind. It's uh, you can't make any mistakes at that point. You you have to play perfect.
1: Yeah, and and I said in my podcast, it's like the defense wants them to come out like Jesus and just fucking sling it. And, and he's got and the like, air for it. Yeah, he's got the look, but. Um, it's just you know I don't know I just think that the de- like if they're gonna be any competitive at all their def their offense has to be hundred ten percent all the time and their defense has to, like if they play the way they do otherwise they have to get help or change something and I'm generally like I did not want Todd Wash to come back as a defensive coordinator because if like in 2017 yeah they had that good defense in 2018 their defense dropped off with the same players they didn't really lose anybody. And then 2019, they lost obviously Ramsey and Barry Church and Deshaun Gibbs, like a few of those players. But and then it dropped off again. So it's showing that I don't think it's necessarily the players. Yeah, the, he's not given the best hand at this point. He's got like eight rookies on that defense. But I'm, even the veterans who've been playing in the system for a long time are just doing the same shit. So it's either they're getting out coached schematically. And these teams are just finding like all the tendencies and flaws they do, and they're just not getting fixed. There's just, I mean, at the end of the day, something's wrong, and they're just—they're. It doesn't look like that they're making much adjustments to really fix what's wrong. Yeah,
0: I think so too. I mean, plus you, you said they're so predictable. I, they're down in goal after the, the fumble by Minshew. Miami was spread out five wide, and uh, Fitz was in the shotgun, and everybody knew he was going to run the draw. I mean, the announcers were like, "Watch out for the draw here," and that's what he did was run the draw. And no, I think one guy, I think it was Jack, that actually even went towards the middle. Everybody just kind of opened up for him. It's just not being prepared. It's not adjusting.
1: Yeah, uh, I literally went, when that when that place like they're third and one, uh, yeah, literally at the one yard line. I'm like, there, there's no way they're gonna have Fitzpatrick try to gun it in this tight window as a five receiver set. So they're gonna run it with Fitzpatrick. And I get it, it's a hard play to stop. You need a defensive line to clog up something because everything's so spread out. But there has to be some sort of awareness like, this is what's coming. Um, and it seems like the, I don't know, like I said, if, if that maybe, maybe that is coached. And we don't see that because the players aren't instinctive enough to have that click in their head during the game. But it's just over and over again, the same stuff. They play seven, eight yards off the ball on a third and three. And the guy throws it to the out route. He gets eight yards. Like, you're not stopping him anyway. And on a third and three, like, just just play some press. If you get beat deep, fuck it. You, they're going to score. And like, it's it's like, why stop the in, uh, inevitable at this point? And I was saying, like, I, I joked in my podcast where I was like, when you fumbled in his own head zone, I was almost happy. Because I was like, dude, if they punt it off and Miami has to go from the 20 down to score, they're chewing off six minutes off the clock versus chewing off one minute. Now at least the offense has a chance to score because – they're gonna walk down there and score anyway, but I don't know. It was just like a, as a Jacksonville fan, it was just incredibly annoying. I mean, both sides of the ball played bad. I'm not not to say that Minshew was like perfect, and like you know, it was all the defense's fault because even when the defense gave him some chances, they couldn't capitalize. Bad calls on the ref standpoint, but you can't always just blame the refs.
0: I'm still pretty sure the refs don't know what a pass yeah, interference they, is. They need to and get rid
1: of that fucking rule. They need to get rid of all pass interference. Let the fucking players like <laughs> twist each other's necks because it's other, fucking I absurd. I don't, like, I don't know, I, I talked about it my podcast. I was like, that Mike Pereira guy came on who every time they bring that fucking one of those bozos on there, they're always like, they're always on the ref side. No matter the fuck about the ref, can trip the player and they'll be like, yeah, that was definitely fucking holding. On that clown or something and then th- they'll bring over that Mike Pereira guy and he'll be like I don't see anything wrong here the ref's on it you know what I mean and he-, he literally was talking about how holding is down and all these penalties are down because like they were told at the beginning of the season only call what's uh what's necessary. uh yeah what's necessary what you see what's like 100% deemed to be a flag and that's why holding is down that's why this is down that's why that is down this game was officiated by a bunch of clowns dude that they call the horse collar on Orange Sherbert. He, that was he was literally just like trying to tackle him from the back. I didn't see that at all. That Caleb von Chase on pass interference. Sure, I might you might chalk it up to Matt Breda made a very veteran move by hugging his arm and making it look like a pass interference. It clearly wasn't though. And then on the next possession, uh, Eric Rowe gets called for a pass interference on Tyler Eifert. That ball was uncatchable, and he really didn't do anything to Tyler Eifert. He was just playing good coverage. So it was like a makeup call. And then they, then uh, D.D. Westbrook gets called on a, the defensive pass interference on D.D. Westbrook, which clearly wasn't a pass interference, which led to that Jacksonville touchdown. It didn't matter at that point. It was a blowout anyway. And then that awful call on Cam Robinson ejected him because he said dude stop groping me get off me and just and it's like you're in a pile you see a bunch of arms you don't know what the fuck it is how the hell do you know it's a ref
0: yeah he had like two refs on him he had like one ref by his head another one like trying to give him CPR so he just like pushed them and away and then
1: after that like probably because it was like oh that was a shit call the Dolphins guys blocking Miles Jack, he just like slams it to the ground and they're like, unnecessary roughness. It didn't matter at that point anyway, but it's like the refs were absolutely brutal. And how does that clown come up? And it was just like, yeah, we're calling anything that we see 110%, and then they call on they call nothing but tic-tac fouls that whole game. It was just, on both sides, it was brutal. And then just Jacksonville got the worst end of it because their two penalties were all drive killer or extended. Uh,
0: Miami drives.
1: Miami drives, which led the points, but. It was just, It was just. I don't know, that that whole... They needed just, like, that pass interference, and then Conley got an offensive pass interference because during the press coverage, you pushed that guy down.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was bad. That wasn't an offensive pass interference. That's what you do as a receiver when you run up yeah. there. You just swim move. And or the guy, was like, like how's, his, how's
1: it his fault? That guy fell over, and that was just so fucking... I don't know. I thought that was so dumb, and, like, and, the, and the, I don't know. It was just that whole... Yeah, I mean
0: that's like i came into it and I, like i said i didn't even see the whole game but i saw like three pass interference penalties were both uh aikman and buck were like that, that i don't know that's not pass interference yeah I'm like yeah i don't know that's questionable like the dd westbrook one he he pulled the receiver toward or the defensive back towards him and they called pass interference on a db yeah like there was hand fighting but i think it was mainly initiated by westbrook like you said the Connolly one like That's just a regular receiver move. Every receiver does that. It's not his fault that, you know, I think it was Noah Igbenigbeni or whatever his name is, is fucking weak and just gets tossed like nothing.
1: Yeah. I I don't know. I I just thought that whole game was just – it just sucked. Like, as a Jazz fan, especially because I was like, okay, it's going to be close. And I was like, it's either close or a Dolphins blowout, and it just happened to be a Dolphins blowout. I just think that something has to change. And it sucks because it's like – I don't know. It's like you want the team to succeed, but then you don't also want that coaching staff to stay if they're, like, shitting the bed this bad. Like, mainly Todd Wash. Like, I think Jay Gruden coming in is – I think first two games was really good. This last game was kind of questionable, but – Yeah, that's that's the worst thing is when, like,
0: they're just good enough to not get canned. So you got to deal with them again next year. And then, like, they just – they do good enough to stay there. I mean, that's kind of what happened with Jack Del Rio, too. Like – he wasn't anything spectacular. He was there forever just because, you know, he didn't suck enough to get fired. For for Miami, though, as a Dolphins fan, like, I feel like Ryan Fitzpatrick has, like, one or two good games in him, like, every year. And, unfortunately, this had to be the one. I wish it would have happened. I mean, he had a good game against Buffalo, too. But, I, you know, I feel like he's kind of used up his good games. So I hope he's at least got, like, another one left in the tank because I, I don't want to see Tua come in too early. I want to see, you know, Miami keeping him on the sidelines as long as they can, hopefully for the whole year. That would be great. But – and, like, Miami has a tendency of getting, like, big wins. It's kind of like they beat the Patriots, you know, last couple of years, and they almost just kind of ride that high, not caring what happens afterwards. And it's really frustrating because you're like, hell, yeah, they fucking won Thursday night. But I know like the next two games are just going to blow it. And it's kind of what's expected as a fan. Like I said, though, I just hope Tua doesn't come in too soon. Yeah,
1: I mean, Miami isn't that rebuild, So I think for them, really, it's just let's see where we don't have to build for next year, what we have, what pieces we have. Um, personally, I see I see uh, Tua coming in sometime, but maybe after a bye week or something like that, because I see Fitzpatrick fizzling out a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he does it all the time. Um, So it depends on how patient the coaching staff is. Because I guess what would suck is like if he comes in and like he's not ready yet, his hip isn't there or whatever, then he just, you know, he kind of gets like a shock and loses some confidence, things like that. Yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. I mean, Miami was definitely, like I did not think a lot of people had, a lot of people had Jacksonville winning like outright. I thought it was going to be a lot closer like than what everybody thought. But it was a blowout. Yeah, that
0: sucked. And back to the refs too, man. That fourth down when James Robinson uh, caught kind of the a dig yeah. route or whatever and tried to turn it upfield, it really looked like he got that. And the fact that they didn't move the ball at
1: all, they're yeah, like, oh, I thought no, that was complete. Like, come on. Like, I I understand like, oh, there's not enough evidence to overturn it, bullshit. But at least like, oh, let's 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 put the ball where we think the spot is because they spotted like a yard short. You know, and he was like right on the line, and then they didn't even like, oh, this is where I think the ball is. Let's go and measure it to see if we get the first down, because the game was still, it was still like a lot of time left for something to happen there. They're just totally like, yeah, that's fine. Earlier in the game, Fitzpatrick goes for a run on third down and does not get. He gets nowhere near. He he's like two yards short. They spot the ball at the first down and give him the first down. And uh, Doug Marone had to use a challenge, like. How do you see that? You're the freaking, you had a clear space to see where he's at. And I get it like those type of things where he's like diving or something, but he like his knee hit clearly like a yard before and they just gave him a good spot. I don't know. I just thought it was. And how, how do you have like 15 cameras and
0: somehow on this fourth down play, you only have one camera working. They only had one camera to show that James Robinson run the TV. camera. I don't know.
1: I mean, that, that whole, like I said, that whole game was just a fucking clusterfuck.
0: Uh, speaking of quarterbacks coming in or a rookie of quarterbacks coming in to take over, uh, we talked about Justin Herbert coming in, but we didn't actually talk about why Tyrod Taylor went out. And that seems to be a big story. Did you see what, what happened?
1: Yeah. So, uh, the guy had Herbert on his fantasy team and it was just like, Oh shit, I need to fucking start him. And then <laughs> fucking stabbed Tyrod Taylor in the chest it was just like, dude, you gotta go to the hospital. Well, that's the one thing that gets me is he's
0: injecting something that's like a numbing agent into this area. So if he stabbed him and stabbed, like punctured his lung, he must have pulled it back out. Because if he injected that numbing agent into his lung, the guy's fucking dead. So he must have known he punctured the lung. Why would you him again and give him that numbing agent and then be like, oh, yeah, you can play with a punctured lung? Why don't you send this guy to the hospital right away? Why do you make him go through pregame warm ups and shit?
1: I just thought it's like you don't hear that shit like ever. Like, it's just, I think that's what's like crazy. Is like, imagine, imagine like working your whole life. Like, we talk about the injuries and stuff like that. It's like, oh, ACL tear, though. That definitely sucks. Imagine working your whole life just to get stabbed by this bozo doctor and you get sent to the hospital because you have chest pains because you puncture your lung. I don't know. It's just absolutely absurd. It's just like one of those stories. Where you're like, holy fuck! Did that actually happen? Like when that tweet came out of what happened, I think around the league, everyone's jaws just dropped. They're like, what the fuck?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think with any kind of medical procedure, there's always a chance of something going wrong, but not something that bad. Because players get, you know, they get injections all the time. You you can miss, obviously. Nobody's perfect, but that that was that seemed like a big kind of clusterfuck there. And I saw chris long was on um was on the Pat McAfee show earlier, and he was talking about how he had like a an ankle sprain, and it was a the doctors initially told him it was just a low ankle sprain it's it's fine, it'll be fine, you know and he's for three weeks he's like, "I can't fucking walk so he went back and he, they're like, "Oh yeah, shit turns out it was a high ankle sprain. it's actually kind of bad. You'd think the doctors are kind of in the best interest of the team, and uh it'd be the players who make the dumb decisions of coming back too soon yeah. but It almost seems like the doctors kind of are responsible
1: for that. Yeah, I
0: mean... More than people realize.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's the reason why certain, you know, strength and conditioning coaches and doctors and all that, they get fired if, you know, players are continuously getting injured and stuff. Like, there's a reason for that. You know, those guys are responsible for making sure that they're going through rehab and they're fit to play every single week. And if you miss a high ankle sprain and your guy's trying to run on a fucking bummed-up ankle... That's on the, that's on the, you know, like as a player, if you're like, hey, you know, of course you're always ready to play. But if you get it clear by the doctor, the doctor's like, yeah, you're good, man. You know, just ice it, little fucking bitch. Like, and then you go out there and play, you can barely run. And it turns out your shit's broken or whatever it is. You got to be like, that was like, how's that even my fault? You know, and I'm out here like risking even more injury because the doctor's, you know ineptitude and i get it like you said no one's perfect and that's gonna happen but it seems like what happened with this doctor with Tyrod taylor was like he punctured his lung he might have known it it was just like he and then it was just like let's just not tell him you know and right, so then he just like well that and it was probably like maybe his moral compass kicked in it was like dude what if this guy dies all right Tyrod, come here i fucked up your lung you gotta go to the hospital you know I don't know what happened there, but that was just—it was just pretty wild. And actually, speaking of team
0: doctors being uh, vital to a team's success, I remember someone telling me about how the Buffalo Bills actually had like a world-class, you know, doctor and medical team on their team up until 1999, and then they fired them, and that just happened to turn out to be the last time the Buffalo Bills went to the playoffs until just recently. So I don't know if it's really any coincidence, but.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it does sound like a coincidence because you never think that those guys can affect it that much. But again, they're responsible for making sure those athletes, especially in today's day and age with everything going on with the NFL injuries and stuff and, you know, lawsuits and all that. Those guys are responsible for making sure those guys are healthy to play and they're supposed to withheld. You know, withheld players that even if they want to play, they can't play because you know their you know health concerns. And yeah, this doctor definitely just—I don't know if he got fired or not. Didn't follow up or anything, but he definitely uh, he fucked some shit up over there.
0: Yeah, uh, I yeah, no stories came out yet about him getting fired, so I'm assuming he's still uh, going around puncturing other people too.
1: Yeah, yeah, I wonder who else he got. And it was just like, that's probably what happened. It was like somebody else had chest pain. He was just like, oh, dude, yeah, you got to gotta eat better. You got to lay off the junk food you're getting heartburn. <laughs> and then he fucking punctured Tyrod. He's like, fuck, who else did I do that to?
0: <laughs> Turns out this is not how you're actually supposed to be doing it,
1: huh? <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so that's really the only big story from the week. I think yeah. we actually covered quite a bit of stuff on Monday. Uh, did you want to get into this weekend's games? Yeah, for sure. All right, so, well oh man, it's looking rough for you. Last week you were 2 and 4, which Ooh. actually puts you at 6 and 6. I was 5 and 1 again, putting me at 10 and 2.
1: Jeez, you're fucking crushing. I can
0: afford to take some uh Ls this week, take some risky risky uh yeah. So, let's get into your first game. You have the Houston Texans going into Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers.
1: Oh, that's a tough one. Um Texans are 0-2, Steelers are 2-0. Texans lost to two of the top AFC teams. They lost to the Chiefs, and then they lost to the Ravens, Whereas Steelers are 2-0, but they beat um, Giants, Giants, and then they beat the Broncos. So none of them are, like, that convincing. I feel like this is a toss-up, but I just think Steelers, with their defense and Deshaun Watson, having no one to throw to, they squeak away with a victory. I think it'll be pretty close. But I think I'm gonna say Steelers win this one, uh, like by a touchdown or so. Um, their defense is just too good right now. And Deshaun Watson, as good as he is, like he really does not have a number one threat receiving wise, and I think it's showing.
0: Yeah, I think Wolf Fuller, I don't know if he's back or not, but I mean his that's his number one receiver, and it's even questionable if he's gonna be one hundred percent. And I think PFF has four of the Steelers rushers or four of the Steelers defenders as like top 10 in the rushing. So I think it's going to be a long day for Deshaun Watson there.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Uh, My first game is the Bengals at the Eagles. I don't even know the record for the Eagles. Are they one and one? No, they're 0-2. 0-2? And they're both 0-2 going in, yep. They're both 0-2. I I really have no faith in the Eagles, to be honest. I think Joe Burrow gets his first dub.
1: Oh, if he doesn't get his first dub, he's got Jacksonville next week to get that. <laughs> uh, but Man, yeah, I, guy's I, Eagles lost all faith. That's what it, that's what it feels like the day after for a Jags game. Um, uh, I would say um, that's definitely a toss-up. Uh, it, it's weird because it's like Eagles are the better team on roster, but then just for whatever reason, nothing's clicking over there. But yeah, maybe Joe Burrow gets it gets it done this week.
0: I mean, does Carson once have anybody to even throw to? Not really. No. I saw like a, someone tweeted an image of Alshon Jeffrey walking around with a helmet on, or like holding a helmet, and like they were super geeked about him actually being on the sidelines. I don't know if he's going to play or not, but the fact that he, they're just geeked about him walking around with a helmet. Yeah, yeah. It's, they're like, something. oh, what's happening? Uh, your next game is the 49ers at the Giants. 49ers go back into Meadowlands. Oh,
1: yeah. So uh, <laughs> I think Kyle Shanahan is going to fight the owner of MetLife before the game. He's going to square up. Um, is even with all those injuries I (laughs) fuck I don't know that one's hard because it's like you want to pick the Giants or you want to pick the 49ers just because of the better team but then literally everyone's hurt Oh, that one's hard you know what I'm just gonna say Giants I'm gonna say Daniel Jones gets it done fuck it
0: I'm missing his biggest target
1: yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like San Francisco broken pieces playing at that same stadium. They're probably all gonna fucking be out walking on eggshells out there, fucking putting on. You know what I mean? Like we talked about, fucking what are those called, heelys or whatever, and just roam, like slide around the field. They're not gonna. They're not doing any. They're not doing any cuts anymore on that fucking turf. So I don't know because if Giants have been playing shitty, but fuck, I'm going Giants.
0: All right. Nice. My game is the Raiders at the Patriots. Raiders coming off a great Monday night win against a team that people thought they had no chance against. Patriots coming up uh, off of a Sunday night loss. They almost came back. I mean, Seattle had a great team, and they were a couple yards away from a win.
1: You know what? Uh, like Before I, th- I cut you off, I'm gonna take it back. Forty niners uh. win. I I can't I can't <laughs> do this. Right. I was just thinking about it while you were saying that. The Giants don't scare me at all. I'm going Forty ers You could change that. My bad. I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, it's
0: all good. Um, I can afford this one, so I'm going to go with the Raiders. I think they they get some back to back wins over some major Ooh, the players. Raiders. Yeah. Okay,
1: that's a that's a bold um, prediction
0: I think, there. I think it'll actually be dependent on whether or not Darren Waller is playing because I think he's hurt. But I think if if he's in, they have a good chance to beat the Patriots. Okay. Your next game is the Titans at the Vikings.
1: Ooh. Uh, I'm going Titans with this one. Vikings have been just totally fucking shitting their pants for the first two weeks. Kirk Cousin, I, I thought coming into the season, Kirk Cousin said, "If I die, I die," and that was my guy. I was fucking rolling with him from the get go. You don't say that shit and then throw like eight yards a game. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Titans with this one. They got a good defense. I think uh, Derrick Henry has a good game, so. I want the Vikings to win, but I'll, I'll take Titans.
0: Yeah, Tyler Lewan and uh, Yannick Ngakwe get to go back at it again. It's just yeah, different exactly. teams. Mine is Washington at the Browns. What the fuck? Why do I get all these whack-ass games? Yeah, let me get Washington. I think the Browns are in a one-game winning streak, and that's, that's a little oh, yeah, too much for them. They're
1: way too in their heads now. You got the Rams at the Bills. Don't mess this one up. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Rams here, uh, even though it's, it's, it's at the bill stadium though. Right. The Bills are at home.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: So, yeah. I'm going to go with the Rams here. I think, uh, I think Sean McVay has his offense clicking again, that, um, power style slash like exotic power, whatever the hell they got running over there. Jared Goff is playing pretty well. Their defense is decent. it's holding up. Uh, Jalen Rams, you can match up with Stephon Dix unless he gets smoked by him. I'm going to go with the Rams on this one. It's going to be a close one, but I think Rams, like, you know, 24-21 or some shit like that.
0: Hope you're right, man. I hope you're right. My next game is the Bears at the Falcons. Um, Oh, one thing I didn't bring up, dude. How bad were those Falcons jerseys? They're, they look like Texas Texas Tech. Oh, uh, I feel there. like they look like the. That show was horrible. I feel
1: like they look like the Mean Machine from Long's Yard. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, they're kind of weird. I actually, their helmets are super dope, but the rest of it is just kind of plain.
0: Yeah, I think in this one the Falcons get the lead and they don't blow it this time, because it's the Bears and that would just be embarrassing. I think I think Dan Quinn's uh, career as a head coach kind of lies on them getting this dub so i'm gonna go with the falcons yeah, as long
1: as there's no onside kicks i think they're good
0: your next game is the panthers at the chargers oh that's uh herbert yeah. is in He's this game about,
1: like those are these are like hard-ass games to pick it's like no one really stands out <laughs> uh panthers versus the chargers um i'm assuming herbert's starting yep oh i'm gonna go let me go with the chargers on this one panthers right now are not really scaring anybody um McCaffrey's still out, right?
0: Uh, Yeah, CMC, he's out for like, I think he's on IR three weeks or whatever it is.
1: So without McCaffrey, their whole offense, like Teddy Bridgewater is playing pretty good, but not enough to kind of keep that same offensive production. They haven't been able to sack anybody, no QB pressures and shit. Um, I'm going to go with the Chargers on this one. I don't think it's going to be a blowout or anything, but Herbert, I think we'll have a pretty good game. And uh, I'm gonna go Chargers. Yeah.
0: What do you think if uh, Herbert strings together a few few good games? He stays in there. And Lynn said that it's Tyrod's team whenever he's ready to return. Yeah. But if Herbert can string together some, that would suck for Tyrod too. Like the reason he lost his job is this <laughs> yeah. dumbass shit, and then doesn't even get a chance to win it back because your backup yeah, plays exactly. so Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, yeah, I think if Tyrod or if uh, Herbert's stringing good games together. There's gonna be like okay, there's no reason to not play him unless they're like worried about this guy puncturing his lung too. They're like, <laughs> so they're like, let's get the, let's get it out of his system until like we have a better team. Uh, but I think Herbert, yeah. uh, I think he stays if he continues just, to play good.
0: Just don't get any upper body inj- injuries, bro.
1: Yeah, nothing in the ribs. Yeah. And you're good.
0: Uh, my next game is the Jets at the Colts. Uh, I think it's pretty much a no-brainer. The Colts got this in the bag. I don't see the Jets beating anybody, dude. I don't yeah, even see I, like a, a reason to give this to the Jets. Like the only chance the Jets have is against like a shitty team at MetLife so that they can
1: fucking grease up the yeah. field or whatever they do.
0: So yeah, I got the Colts. Uh your next one is the Cowboys at the Seahawks.
1: Oh, uh I'm going Seahawks on this one. Cowboys are they they could compete, but I just don't think they win this one out. I got Seahawks winning. I think it's going to be close, but yeah, just Seahawks are, I think, too much for the Cowboys. Cowboys don't seem uh, – I mean, because they had a huge they, – they gave up a huge lead to the Falcons, um, yeah. which they shouldn't even been in that situation. So I'm going I'm going Seahawks.
0: Cool. Uh, and my last pick is the Bucks at the Broncos. Broncos don't have their starting quarterback who's just an – ooh, but what if uh, Blake Bortles makes a –
1: Dude, if the boat is coming back, it's over for all, not only the NFC teams, but the AFC teams. If 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 the boat is coming back, it's fucking, dude, I don't even know what's going to happen to the league.
0: Bro, this could be the boat versus the goat part two. I didn't even think about that.
1: Exactly, and he's he's gonna fucking come swinging, dude. He's gonna come with his what the boats have—fucking engines or propellers? What the fuck? Yeah, propellers. (laughs) He's gonna come, and he's gonna fucking he's gonna blow the fucking Tampa Bucks away. If if the boat plays, you better pick the Broncos, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna pick the Bucks because I don't think the boat's playing. Which is a good thing for Tom Brady, for being honest, because he doesn't oh, want to yeah. see that shit again.
1: There's no fucking chance. Um,
0: so, yeah, my, my pick is the Bucs pending the starting quarterback for the Broncos. All right, and then our Sunday Sunday night game is the Packers at the Saints. You want to go first or you want me to?
1: Oh, that's a good one. I'll go first. I'm going Packers. Aaron Rodgers is going to come with his fucking stash, and he's going to fucking DDT Drew Brees. I'm calling Packers this one.
0: Yeah, I really want to go with the Packers too, but man, I I want Drew Bees to have a rebound game. I want the Saints to prove that Monday Night Football was just a fluke and there's still a team to be reckoned with. So I think I'm going to pick the Saints on this one. Uh, That was our extra point. Did you want to go for two or with the Monday Night Game? All right. Monday Night Game is the Chiefs at the Ravens.
1: Yeah, no, this is like uh, the worst, the worst to go for two decision ever out there, right? Yeah, I'm um, going Chiefs.
0: Even after what happened last week, I mean, it got yeah. pretty close. Yeah,
1: they just weren't, they didn't want to put everything on film out there. They're like, you know what, we could beat this guy with our base package, with our preseason office offense. Um, so they just didn't want to put it all out there. So I'm going, I'm going Chiefs. I guess Ravens against this. Yeah,
0: uh, I mean, I'm going Chiefs too, but that's just because I think they weren't ready for Herbert.
1: He's a doctor from the Simpsons. Is it Wait, is that the doctor's name? It's not Herbert. It's Hebert. Oh, yeah, Dr. Hebert.
0: Well, that about wraps it up. Thank you for listening to the Moose Bros Podcast. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe. We try to do these at least twice a week. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We'll try to be more consistent posting updates about podcasts and just sports in general. Thank you again for
1: listening, and please come back to the next podcast.